Hola, mi gente. This is Albert Garcia, executive producer for Yo Que Lo Que podcast. I know it's early in our run, but we already have a special bonus episode for you to listen to. Each week, we normally interview either an up-and-coming or veteran Dominican change agent that is having an impact on our communities. But for a lot of Dominicans, like a lot of people, identity is not just wrapped up in history, food, or music. It's also rooted in place, the physical locations where we live, work, and play. So this week, we assemble a group of folks to give us some context behind the issues at play in the upcoming city commissioner race in the section of Miami called Alapata. It's not meant to be an entire conversation. In fact, we hope to have more people after the election, including some Dominican community leaders who couldn't make it to the taping. It's meant to give you a taste of what is going on in just one of the many Dominican neighborhoods that our people call home. We hope you enjoy. We are here this week again with your Dominican podcast, Que Lo Que, the place where we spotlight Dominicans who are having an impact for and on our community. I'm here as always with my great co-host, Venice Mia Fernandez, lovely Venus. Como esta? Que lo que? Aquí bañando la yuca. Mira, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, mira, that's the thing that we do. That's the things that we do. Look, we're here broadcasting live um, this week. Um, from the Miami section of Alapata here. Alapata is, you know, for those of folks who, who are, aren't from Miami, it's kind of like the Washington Heights of Miami when it comes yes, to Dominicans, right? Yes, yes. Venus, tell us, you know, un poco, you know, tell us a little bit about Alapata here. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Well, Alapata is a neighborhood in the city of Miami, which begins from State Road 9, Kilo June Road. And in 2003, the longtime city commissioner, Willie Gordon, nicknamed it Little Santo Domingo pequeño, pequeño. In, in honor of the sizable Dominican community. Uh, and did you know, in Alapara, we even have a park named after Duarte. It's Duarte yeah. Park. That's how Dominican this area is. Because I can't find it anywhere else, baby. Mira, I thought people always think about it, it's always the Cubans, but yeah, those are our people are kind of representing down here. I, that, that's very true. And since you mentioned Cuba, I just want to let everybody know if you didn't know, uh, Domino Park in Little Havana, the mural, it was painted by Un Dominicano. Mm. So we've been, we've been there for a while, baby. Definitely, definitely for a while. Well, look, the reason why we're here today is because for the first time in a long time, um, the, the neighborhood of Alapara is actually having an election um, to select its uh, Miami City Commission. It's going to be the first time in a bunch of years because of term limits that they get a chance to kind of do it here. And so because of that, we thought it was it was important to, to talk a little bit about the issues, put that election in context for our listeners to know what's really going on here in Alapara and what's really at stake. And to do that, um, we've got a couple of folks here from the new Florida majority to help us out. Maybe you need to tell us who they are. Oh, my goodness. I'm I'm I, I, like if you don't know her, get to know her. She's all around Alapata. She knows a lot of it. Even though she's not Dominican, I still like her. I'm just saying, I'm you know, <laughs> Latina, 
we got her. Protect the Museum, all right? <laughs> well, look, ladies, you know, it, as we said, we want to give folks a little bit of a context here about the neighborhood, you know, in terms of neighborhood. Um, you know, Isa, you know, the, the, the neighborhood's gone through a lot of changes. Um, you know, and I know you're here on the ground um, organizing, talking to folks. Tell us a little bit about, um, you know, some of the ideas in terms of what people are feeling um, nowadays. And, and, and as you talk to folks and organize down here um, as a gender justice um, you know, organizer here, what are some of the things people are saying? You know, um, so again, hello, my name is Issa and I organize mostly immigrant women. Uh, we had an event here at El Tipico con Latinegras to highlight um, Afro-Latina women because they're always kept out of the loop. Um, so we had we had it outside there. It was awesome. More than a hundred people showed up. We had like dancing awesome. cumbia, tambore. We had una picadera. So it was super super nice. Um, and we watched a movie called Latinegras by Omilani, yeah. which is a great director in Miami. Um, and I've been trying to build my base um, that is also includes a lot of Dominican women and people, the sense of my community here in Alapata is that they want a leader that represents them, right? Um, somebody who is pro-woman, somebody that's going to listen to her needs, somebody who is going to be pro-immigrant, right? And understand the concerns that we have as a community and take action. We're tired of seeing the same leaders over and over and over and over again. Después el tío de este otro y el primo de este otro. And at the end of the day, it's the same thing always. Um, so my base here in La Pera are tired of that. Um, they're, they're extremely tired. Uh, when it comes to accessibility too, right? For example, language, the language barriers. Um, I taught in Alapada, which is like two blocks, Alapada Middle School, which is like two blocks from here. Um, and la mayoría de mis niños eran ISOL. Oh, que no hablan habla inglés y también hay muchos problemas. Los niños tienen mucho miedo porque algunos de ellos no tienen papeles y necesitan un líder que se preocupe de ellos y de sus familias. And, and a leader that's also going to be very vocal about this too, right? I mean, I think, I think one of the things that we see here in Miami is that la gente a veces se, se junta y se caen, right? Like people don't, and I think what people are really looking for is someone who's going to be out there in the public eye fighting for them and letting everybody know that they're going to fight. Like, tell us a little bit about and some of the, some of the numbers that, that that you guys are looking at here in terms of you know these from demographics. Who are these? You know, who are the voters here in terms of in in Alapada? Like, what's the makeup? What's you know like you know and, and is it and is this a neighborhood that um you know what is the voter turnout looking you know like you know, potentially looking like? Um. Wow. So one of the things that I can say um is that. Coming here, you can tell from my accident that I'm not a native of Miami. It's okay. <laughs> Just a little bit. Um, but coming here, one of the things that I've been told anecdotally by so many people that Alapata is the heart of the Dominican community in Miami. That's right. your favorite uh, Culturally, this is what it's centered. Um, but as I dove into the actual voter registration data that we have available to us, um, one of the things that I found odd and slightly concerning is that it seems as though even though this is Dominican, the majority of the registered and participating voters are Cuban. So it's a weird thing here. I'm like, I don't know if it's a matter of just, you know, lack of will, interest, 
maybe, I don't know, are the Dominican people who are here as uh, part of the population, are they not eligible to vote? These are things that I wonder about, but one thing I would definitely love to do is to see an increase in participation from the community, not just um, as voters, but as residents. Because my involvement in politics for me started because I was not able to vote because I wasn't American, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. So just because you're not a citizen doesn't mean you can't have make a difference and have a voice. And I'd love to see that happen here too for the Dominican people. Well, um, you, you mentioned that. And I, I do know from the last, I believe the last census bureau, it said just in South Florida, which includes Miami-Dade, Broward, and West Palm, there's 74,000 Dominicans. So that would really, their involvement would really change. Can, do you think it can change elections? <laughs> oh my gosh. Assuming that they're all eligible to vote, think about this. Um, our statewide gubernatorial race was lost by what, 30 some odd thousand votes? Yeah, yeah. Our, our state Senate race was lost by, I don't remember the number now, but I want to say something like 12, 15,000 votes. Yep, yep, yep. Right? So if 70 some odd thousand people came out and let's say, hopefully, they recognize the wisdom of a certain per, uh, candidate's um, candidacy or person's candidacy, they could have swung the thing all together. Mm. Or at least even honestly, if not, made it a more decisive win. Mm. We, we know, and I find that kind of disheartening because anybody that knows the Dominican community in Dominican Republic, the two things that they most talk about La gente donde nosotros hablamos is baseball and politics. So to come here and not be as, you know, and have an area that is, you know, called Little Santo Domingo, to actually hear that we don't actually participate as much as we should or we can. And, you know, yes, there are some things that we don't know if everybody can, but there are things that you, they can do, even if they can't vote, mm -hmm. right, to to get the word out or help people that maybe they can vote? What can, what can they do? I don't know either one of you can, can answer that. We can both answer yeah. it, <laughs> <laughs> And I'll say this, because, you know, English and Spanish, just to make sure que todo mundo puede escuchar and everybody understands, what can they do? Even if you can't vote, ¿qué podemos hacer nosotros si no podemos votar para ayudar la gente para votar o para tener más información? Take it away, guys. Um, I'll let her start in Spanish and then I'll finish okay. in English. Um, yo, como trabajo con la, may la mayoría de mujeres inmigrantes, me he dado cuenta que nosotras como mujeres siempre nos quedamos calladas eh, y pensamos que solamente porque venimos de otro país no tenemos ni voz ni voto acá. ¿Me entiendes? Sí. Eh, entonces no nos sentimos con esa, con esa labor de decir esto es lo que quiero y lo quiero ahora porque consideramos que este país no es de nosotros. ¿Me entiendes? Entonces yo le quiero decir a la gente que está escuchándonos o viéndonos desde su casa que este país es de todos y de todas. Eh, y necesitamos un líder que nos represente a todos y a todas por igual. Eh, la gente tiene que sacarse de la cabeza de que porque nosotros somos inmigrantes no podemos cambiar este país. Este país lo hacemos nosotros. El labor de nosotros es la razón por la que los Estados Unidos es un país de la cali del calibre y potencia mundial de que es. Entonces yo creo que no solamente votar, sino que votar educadamente sí. y saber por las personas que estamos votando y cómo nuestros intereses están en la plataforma de la persona de la que vamos a votar. Por ejemplo, 
si yo soy una mujer y soy inmigrante, ¿por qué voy a votar por una persona a la que no le importen las mujeres inmigrantes? Claro. Sí. Y no solamente... Eh, y también pensamos que nosotros, eh, como inmigrantes, tenemos que votar por presidente solamente y las políticas son locales. La política y la persona por la que usted va a votar en la elección significa si usted va a tener beneficios, las, cómo van a estar las calles, la calidad de la educación. O sea, solamente por marcar una, una raya en un ballot, sí. eso te va... It's a trickling down effect. Yeah. You're going to have all the effects of the person that you voted, whether it be para bien o para mal. Sí, sí. And, 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 and I think, Melo, you, you would also agree that, you know, like, you know, voting and engagement, it's a habit, right? I mean, this, these are habits that we put in, right? And not only that we do, but also that we also pass down to our kids and our other folks there, right? So it's, it's, a, it's as much about the habit, right, forming of those, of those ideas, right? Teaching and leading by example. <laughs> I don't have kids, but part of my example in life were my parents and they were very engaged civically. Um, when I was a kid, I hated life. I wanted to watch cartoons. I wanted to watch Thundercats after school. And Thundercats. Thund yeah, Thundercats. I wanted to watch it. Um, and, and she like these are the things I wanted to watch. And my mom, every night, six o'clock, Dan Rather, CBS News, I remember it like I wanted to choke something. Right? I had to sit there and watch that with her. And then she would talk to me about the news from the age of like six or seven. No, I think it was seven. I think it was seven when it started. Mm -hmm. But what was really interesting as I look back, I was the only person in my fifth grade class that knew what the heck the Desert Storm War was really about, right? And what was going on. And that fed into me being engaged, even though I couldn't vote. I'm like, well, I'm going to do something. No, and, and it's also about presenting the opportunity, right? I mean, in some ways, like, you know, it's, it's about people having the opportunity to do that. Um, I think, Isa, you know, when, when we talk about the women, you know, like, especially in terms of Dominican culture, it's a very matriarchal, you know, culture. I mean, hay poder en, en lo que la mujer, la, la hermana, la, la, y, and, and all the different femmes that, that, that we have, they're leading by example. They're doing it every day. The real question is, are they being given the opportunity, right? Are they being given the platform to shine, to be able to do that, right? And sometimes it seems like, If, if that, especially here in Miami, I think we sometimes feel like we have to wait our turn, but sometimes, you know, you just can't wait. It's, it's, See, wait you know, is never going to come yeah. at this point. If you wait for opportunities, they're never going to come. You have to go out there and make it happen. Um, y también la gente del gobierno tiene que asegurarse que hay accesibilidad en español y creo yeah. porque la, la población haitiana está creciendo mucho acá. Um, pero no tenemos esa accesibilidad, esa accesibilidad ahora. ¿Y por qué? Eso es lo que uno tiene que preguntar. ¿Por qué no nos, no nos dan algo en español? ¿Por qué no nos dan algo en frío? Porque no quieren que nuestra opinión sea escuchada. No, es verdad. Y mira, and, and it's not that we're not used to, right? Because look, we're here in. in in you know in, in typical here right like i'm sure like if there was you know ladies night here that's translated in 50 languages right so it's not like our people don't know how to like get the word out you know we don't know how to bring in being you know like we know this right we know how to do this but why is that you know we're not translating that to to these important issues and these important topics right so so there's, there's clearly a path right One of the things I wanted to point out from earlier that I didn't actually finish saying it was my fault was that the other thing that I really noticed in the numbers was how low the participation was between 18 and 24 in this district. Mm -hmm. We have less than 500 people who are under the age of 24 who are registered to vote. Fair thing. 
espérate, hold on. Can you repeat the one more time? Okay, vamos a claro, say it a little clearly because I, I got a little confused right there. Um, we have about 539 people in this district who are under the age of 24, 24 or under, so 18 to 24, who are registered to vote. And you know there's a high school just down the block, Jackson. right? Jackson, mm -hmm. that I, I'm a, I'm mucha gente ahí que pueden votar that are 18, like 12th grade. I'm just tirándolo ahí, tirándolo. I'm just throwing it out there. You know, I, how, wow, that... I'm, and legally, you can register when you're 16, pre-register when you're yeah, 16, yes. right? So it's not even like, you know, well, I'm 16, I got to wait. I'm 17, I got to wait. Do it now. Yeah, so you can vote. They'll send you your card when the time comes. Lisa, I, I know, you, you know you do a lot You do a lot of work, obviously, talking with folks. You know, like, you know, the natural question has to be, you know, what are the opportunities for our youth, right? Like, what are we, you know, like, what are we either teaching them or not teaching them um, or not doing with them? That's causing them not just to stay home, but also maybe to not even, you know, not even necessarily care about that. But, you know. um, yo fui profesora y aprendí, enseñé historia de los Estados Unidos y eh, civic engagement. No hay currículum. No hay un currículum que te diga, eh, enséñale a, la, a, a, lo, a las personas, mujer, niños o niñas, acerca de la importancia del voto. No hay ni siquiera hay historia hispana acá y el y el y el, el, el a la pata es una ciudad hispana es una ciudad latina y caribeña sí no enseñan la historia de nuestra de nuestra gente no enseñan la historia de la inmigración a, a esta área no enseñan historias locales que nosotros podamos decir oh mira esta persona fue y, y luchó por los derechos de de de, de las mujeres inmigrantes o de, o de whatever the issue might yes. be. So we're not teaching people the importance of going out to vote. Mm -hmm. we're, we're not. And if we're not teaching them that, we're also not teaching them the connections that we have, right? Especially if you're talking about here in Miami, exactly. you know, in terms of the Caribbean you know, community here, like, you know, the interconnectedness between not just the Cubanos and Dominicanos and Puerto Ricanos, but also the Cubanos and Jamaicans and the West Indians. And, and the fact that a lot of our Caribbean islands, there's a lot of island hopping, right? Like throughout our history, yes. in terms of people helping, not just in terms of business and trade, but also in terms of freedom movements and, and things of that nature, right? And we don't, and, and again, it, part of it is that we live in a place in terms of, you know, down in South Florida here where there's a history of cultural erasure, right? A history of, not just in terms of segregation and racism, that's there, but of just literally like wiping out people's contributions, right? And so you're operating in that kind of environment. In some ways, it's not surprising, right? That, that then kids are almost kind of like, you know, kind of shuffled into the system. And then we wonder why, you know, they, they don't, You know, they, they don't gravitate to anything more. Yes. Y por eso la gente tiene que votar. Porque eso es lo que... It shifts the, the type of education that your kids are getting. Um, if you vote locally. It's yes. literally a complete switch of the curriculum. as A switch of the education and the quality of, the, of education that kids are getting. We can go so far into yeah. the education piece in Florida specifically. Because mm -hmm. if you talk, even people in New York, because I worked in New York, charter schools in New York are not charter schools in Florida. No. Right? Yeah. It just doesn't work the same way. Um, granted, I don't speak Spanish, but I think I got the gist <laughs> of, of some of what you're saying with regard to civic um, education and so on. No, we don't have any. Yeah, we have not. Um, I mean, I went to high school here, but um, I've seen, I would say probably in the last probably 15 years or so, that kids are not getting at the same schools, the same education that I got. Yeah, and, and as somebody that also went to high school here, 
shout out to South Miami, uh, Cobras. Um, yeah, I, I can say that I started probably my personal political engagement kind of, if we want to use it mm-hmm. in high school, running for student government, yeah. being on the student government mm-hmm. council, you know, understanding that, you know, when the principal wanted to remove, you know, a statue mm-hmm. of a snake that was given to us and actually made by a student, you know, we all freaked out and we're like, what are we going to be able to do? You know, and those are things that are important because if we really want something and we talk about change, you know, you have to be part of the change. You just can't sit there and complain, I guess. Um, wow. It, it really opened my eyes a little bit, this conversation. Mi gente, tú sabes qué está pasando. No, um, we're not having these conversations. In some ways, we're having these conversations in small little corners, mm-hmm. right? But we're not having them publicly, right? Sure. Like, we're not doing them. Really. Which is actually something that we want to do. There was someone that I worked with had a pretty decent idea because she had access to younger people in trying to plant seeds there mm-hmm. and encourage them as part of their homework to talk to their parents, mm-hmm. to talk to their grandparents, aunts and uncles, people who are not necessarily engaged and people who may fall prey to a lot of the misinformation that's being spread on social media, mm-hmm. you know? No, and, and, and again, I think sometimes we forget that we live in, you know, we live in neighborhoods, right? Like, yes, there are cities and stuff, but we live in neighborhoods. Um, and, and one of the hardest things about here in this Alapada here, like many neighborhoods around the country, is that, you know, the forces of gentrification is really, really, you know, striking at the heart of, of you know, of, of keeping people together and united, right? And so I'm, I'm, I'm curious in terms of what, you know, in terms of from both the work that you guys are doing in the neighborhood, you know, what are you, um, what, what are some of the thoughts about how, you know, in terms of, housing and gentrification, how that plays into this upcoming election and, and, and the options that people either have or not have in terms of with their vote. Um, I would like to talk about what we're doing right now because um, sure, yes, yes. it kind of feeds into that. Yeah. So one of the things that we've been trying to do is really recognize specifically what are the issues that are keeping people up at night and, mo- and what will motivate them to actually act, to get up and go vote, whether or not you've done it before. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of the day, Maslow's hierarchy of needs is a hundred percent at play. People are concerned, number one, with healthcare, number two, with affordable housing, and number three, with jobs in the economy. And when you think about um, the economy as a whole, we might be seeing the lowest jobless numbers, but everybody knows that we're getting paid less to do more mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. And then when you look at Miami specifically, a living wage is a difficult thing to find, yet we have one of the highest costs of living mm-hmm. anywhere, not just the yeah. state, right? So just framing our issue to begin with, it's really bloody hard in Miami, right? Um, Then you look at the political piece of things. This is where we want to tell people you need to get involved from the bottom to the top, because at the top of the state, we have our governor passing legislation that makes it more difficult to create any affordable housing. On the local level, we've got some money here. Oh, then also on the state level, sorry, I talked too much. We have the Sadowski funds, right? Yeah. So funds are constantly, we keep on, we keep we keep on, on pulling. Right. We keep on pulling. We podcast, you know, by itself. For everything else. So I'm like, <laughs> y'all need to pay attention and not just pay attention to the sound bites, but let's align what they say with what they do, right? And at this point in time, in my personal opinion, 
politics is becoming a, a team sport. So it really is, right? Because look at the state legislature. The reason Republicans are able to, and I'm sorry, I'm, we're not a democratic organization, <laughs> but we tend to, we have a set of values that is progressive. Yes. And I don't care what your thing is. If you're progressive, we're going to be behind you, right? If you are, have such a majority, it doesn't matter what people say or what people want because you've got that majority you're not going to lose it because you can talk the game and they believe you people need to take responsibility in looking at not what just what they say but what they do and what that really means to you and and, and Issa, i'm sure you see that when you're talking with folks you know the truth also is is that people are too busy trying to survive right so it's, it's, sometimes it's hard to hold people accountable hard to hold your elected officials accountable if you're trying if you're just treading water right if you're just treading water then vote that's all I'm asking. No, so, I'm so you know, just people working. Like, tell me a little, you know, can you give me some some numbers? Is there numbers or or ideas? Like, you know, if we're working every day, like, how much are we making? Like, like what's going on? Like, let's put it in yeah. perspective. Let's so, make something tangible. Yes. So, going back to the education, um, cómo se costea el costo de la educación, verdad? Sí. Porque alguna, I'm going to give you a two minutes little um spiel so how do we get the money for our school through property taxes sí. right los taxes los impuestos de las casas entonces un colegio gana la pata y lo acabo de lo acabo de mirar en el teléfono mm -hmm. la gente promedio en la pata gana 19,141 dólares diablo eso no es dinero 19,141 dólares lo que significa que menos plata va a ir a hacer la educación y va a ser educación de menos calidad. Sí. Por ejemplo, si ponemos a la pata en, compar en, compar en comparación con Coral Gables, Coral Bay Gables es más de, de cinco veces este número, ¿me entiendes? Sí. Entonces lo que significa es que las casas van a ser más caras y más de los impuestos de las casas van a irse a sus colegios. Acá Jackson parece una cárcel. Y, y te lo digo porque yo, he, yo estaba ahí. A la par middle school no tienen ni sí. Se, se corta como cuatro veces al año. Hay ratas, cucarachas. Una vez yo llegué cuando era profesora y vi todo el trabajo de mis estudiantes comido por las ratas. Entonces, ¿qué es lo que pasa? Esto tiene que cambiar. Ningún niño o niña se merece tener esta, esta eh, eh, condiciones cuando uno está aprendiendo y ahora la pregunta que, que tú me hiciste eh, si una persona es indocumentada va a ser explotada por la gente que la, sí, la, sí. la eh, por los jefes o la jefa verdad entonces qué pasa que aunque trabajemos 40 horas a la semana como estamos siendo explotados y no podemos ir a decir, oye, me merezco más plata porque tenemos miedo, ¿verdad? Eh, tenemos que trabajar tres, cuatro trabajos solamente para traer comida a nuestra familia. ¿Y qué pasa? ¿A qué hora yo voy a ver la, la noticia? ¿A qué hora yo voy a, ir al, va, voy a ir al evento de esta organizadora comunitaria que me sigue llamando por teléfono y me sigue, that's me. Yeah. me sigue llamando por teléfono y me sigue llamando por teléfono? Si tengo cuatro niños y tengo que darle comida a los cuatro niños y, y mi, mi sueldo, y, imagínate que esto es para la gente que tiene papeles, 19 mil. 
imagínate. Con papeles. Con papeles. No, 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 yeah. sí, Porque la, 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 la data de la gente indocumentada no está acá. No se puede. Entonces, si uno está trabajando un trabajo que trabaja 40 horas y te pagan 5 dólares la hora, no voy a tener tiempo ni de compartir con mi familia. Of course. Right? You, don't wanna, you don't have to have a socialist to think like, oh, I, I shouldn't have to work three jobs mm -hmm. uh, and to get health care mm -hmm. and to at least you know, be able to attend a PTA meeting, right? Or do any of those kind of things, right? And so that, that I think is, and, and it's up to, it's up to our elected officials to be in between, right? It's to be able to like, to be the advocate, to, to, to help people bring it up there. And we don't have to wait until some new real estate development comes mm -hmm. in. We don't have to wait until, um, you know, you graduate by high school and go off to college mm -hmm. for your conditions to have to change, right? You should be able to, to fight for what's, you know, to learn. I think, you know, that's definitely one of the things I know that, that the new, you know, new majority organizers and staff mm -hmm. and folks are working out elections and doing certain engagement. Yeah. I mean, that's part of the core value, right, of, mm -hmm. of, of that, you know, that progressive movement there, right, to try to give people, um, you know, the life that they yeah. deserve, right, the life they've all earned, right, mm -hmm. by, by working and doing this. Oh wow, it's 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 really getting a little heavy. <laughs> really, tú sabes. Me me estamos hablando política. Es porque me lo siento, me siento estar a la No, I mean, look, uh, I I know it's I know it's very important, but you know, and I know this is totally different format for our. Our people, but our people, our listeners, la gente de nosotros, they, 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 need to, they need to know some important questions. These are the really important questions. And these are the important oh, questions boy. they want to. And, you know, we're mango for your soul, but you can't have mango. Sin los tres golpes. Okay, this is throw it out there look, look you know what I mean like, it's a little quiz you know you guys have been working in this area so you know you just think about it the good thing is there's no right or wrong see I ain't right we want to highlight our Dominican community we also have to know what you know or what you don't know so that maybe we can you know educate you Okay. Maybe you have to throw a social or something. Uh, exactly. If that social okay. includes good-looking single men of an appropriate age, <laughs> no. Mira. Holy. Mira. That's what I'm saying. I just moved here. So <laughs> yeah. 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 at night. Okay. compromiso. Are you guys ready? This Uno, dos, tres, golpe. Okay. Merengue or bachata? Merengue. merengue. Ah. Oh, the Canadians say merengue too. I love it. Okay. This is, get, this is getting a little, little bit harder. Mori soñando o conchiclu? Mori soñando. What? No, no, no. What? 
for a fourth, Chilena. So she knows. How do you know about Marisa Yano? Mira, cuando me vine a hacer el evento acá, me lo probé. See, we can turn anybody. All right, the American here. No, but I really, really love it. And in the third one, I, I, I don't know, porque tú sabes, tú sabes. Maybe, maybe I'll say this. Do you, you know, do you guys drink? I mean, drink liquor? Mm-hmm. Sometimes. Okay. Socially. Maybe, maybe we can. Yeah, maybe, sorry. maybe. Like once or twice a year. Brugal or Presidente? Brugal. Oh, yeah. <gasps> I've actually had. What do you like? Well, I actually don't like either, but if I'm going to take one, I'll take Brugal. Mira. Mira. Con su juguita al lado. Mira. Yo te digo. Yo te digo. I when I was that's yeah. what happens when you yeah. hang out in Alapata. Yeah. So that's what happens when you go on vacation when you drink like beyond <laughs> we've had we've had a really great time here i think you know i think the important thing about this is that this is an ongoing conversation um, we definitely want to continue the conversation after election day going into next year really kind of really following it up really following up also in terms of some of the things that we brought up here today we brought up housing we brought up our youth in terms of education we brought up the low civic engagement numbers right and what do we have to do right i mean these are all continuing conversations before we do go, I want to just see from both of you guys, are there any things that you guys want to say like that's, that's especially really important um, that folks, our listeners, whether they're living here in Alapada or they got family, right, in terms of who might be here and stuff like that. What are some things that you may want to let folks know in terms of before we go? I think that um, this election, every election you hear, this is the most important one. I'm not going to say it's the most important one ever, but it is... Um, an unusual unusual opportunity for the residents of District 1 in, for Miami City Council to elect someone new. We've had the same guy basically since 1993. Like, you, he was here, he left, he came back, right? That's a very long time. Like, 1993? Yeah, 1993 yeah, to, like, like 2001. He left for a while. Yeah. He came back in, like, uh, 2010, and we're at 2019. The only reason he's leaving is because of term limits. So one of the things I will say... Mm-hmm. The issues that we face locally, that things, you know, potholes and, you know, funding for things that your city would take care of, your city council person for this area is one guy for a long time. It is time for us to look at, you know, people, younger, newer, different perspectives, folks who are not tired and who are, you know, energized, ready to move, to move forward, in my personal opinion. Um, The old establishment clearly isn't doing the job. So we think it's time to bring in some new fresh blood. But the other thing is that the city council in Miami is five seats. It's only five seats. So of those five seats right now, when you really look at it, you have like a moderate and progressive, two conservatives, and now we have this one, right? And you have the same potholes on the street since 1993. Okay? So that was my final thought. So... With with this one seat, if we 
kind of take away, avoid the old establishment politics as usual. I hate to say it, banana republic politics of Miami. Bring in somebody new who's not willing, who doesn't want to do that anymore, who wants to make government work for the people because Scandal that's what change. you're supposed to do. Scandal so, so bring in some change. Claro. Frankly, if you heard the name before, you probably want to just leave them the hell alone at this point in time. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're staying the same way. Yeah. It's, yeah. The, the definition of insanity. If you keep doing the same thing So for me, my my diversion from insanity is Eliezer Melendez. Not just me, for me, for the majority. He's a person who's proven himself to be an activist, to, to be someone who's knowledgeable on the issues, on how government works. Mm -hmm. And he's also proven that he actually not only has a plan, but he knows how to get it done. And he's walking around, right? He's walking around, he's talking to people. Mira, if you listen, if, if you got a question for these other, go and ask them a question, right? It's democracy, they deserve to give you an answer. You know, you got something, you wanna know why this is not working, this is not. Use this time, these last 10 days before, you know, in terms of before election day, I think in terms of this weekend, early vote, right? October the 26th. October newfloridamajority.org on our website. We actually have an endorsements page. Um, okay. So you can see all the, count, the candidates that New Florida Majority is endorsing. So that's a very important point. And we'll also, in terms of for our folks, in terms of locally here, we'll make sure to, on our social media, let folks know in terms of where they can do early voting. In terms of here, there's a library that's around, if I remember, off the, if I, if I remember. Yalapada Library, where are some other places? Um, you can do it at City Hall, City of Miami, the Shenandoah Branch Library. The Stephen P. Clark Center, um, West Flagler Branch Library, and Lemon City Branch Library. It starts this Saturday. Saturday is kind of a short day, it's from 8 to 4 uh, as a Sunday. So this Saturday, from 8 to 4, Saturday and Sunday. And starting on Monday, it's from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. through the week. And then the weekend's the same again. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, you know, again, you know, one of the things about here, great, and one of the great things in terms of Miami, unlike some other places, that you can do early voting, right? So if yeah. you're working during the full day, you've got those three jobs, you know, like, Try to you know parse out a little bit of time, go on the weekend. These places there will make sure to send it to send folks into the VR social yes. media and let folks know. That is very true. And another thing, early voting sites, you can go anywhere because yes. it's early voting. So even if your card says one location, early voting is the only time you can go wherever it is. If you're at the, closer to the city of uh, the city hall, if you're closer to the Alapata Library, you know, you could go wherever you want. So yeah, step up. Go there, take a friend, take your kids, take somebody else's kids, take someone they're babysitting, take somebody. Take the old people, take everybody. Yeah. Take yeah. Everybody. Right. La familia. La familia entera, Isa, este, great. Thanks a lot for, for coming on to us. We really enjoyed until you're kind of here. And um, and again, thanks, you know, thank you to our lovely co-host here in terms of Venus here. Again, always, always bringing us, always bringing us the truth. Um, and to you again, our listeners, our Kelo Care folks out there, as we say here on the podcast, as long as there's one chincha to spread and Dominicans doing things, Kelo Care will always be here.